Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome back. And thank you so much for joining me for another episode of Talking Each Other Home. This is a podcast where we can come and talk openly, candidly, and authentically about all things spirit stuff and about our personal journeys, discovering spirituality, nature, each other, and ourselves. My intention with this podcast is to interview people who have been on a journey and who have wisdom and lessons to share with us so that they may empower and enlighten our journeys as we walk and talk each other home. And so I am your host, Danny. Welcome back. And joining me today, I have Janelle Renshaw, a yoga and meditation teacher and a Vedic astrologer. And how we met was so synchronistic and you'll find out about it when you listen to the rest of the podcast, but it's so beautiful and amazing to see how our connection is beginning to unfold in ways that we can co-create with each other in conversations like this. And she's coming on my course to be a guest speaker, which I'm so excited about. And so in this episode, you can look forward to hearing all about astrology, the difference between the Eastern and the Western philosophies, and just a little bit of differences in the way that they read and calculate astrology. And so astrology is a big theme that we talk about, even partner astrology and how the different energies can, you know, commingle and what they do and how, what they bring out in each other. So talk about that kind of astrology and also a little bit about soul contracts and how we choose to be here with certain souls. And we choose to go through certain lessons, the good and the bad, um, in the name of, and for our evolution. And we talk about yoga and karma and different deities. And I get to share a story with her about the deities that have been showing up in my life, Hanuman, Ganesha, and Lakshmi. And so I get really excited talking, talking to people who understand the Hindu stuff. So you'll get to hear a little bit about where I'm at in my spirituality right now as well. But uh, this episode is really cool because we go down some deep rabbit holes and even talk a little bit about time and multidimensionality. And uh, yeah, so lots of cosmic, beautiful, universal energy in this podcast. And, you know, I super enjoyed creating this and talking with Janelle and my prayer is that you enjoy listening to it and that you get something from it as well. And if you're interested in getting an astrology reading from her, I highly recommend it. She's so educated, so articulate, and so grounded in the way that she presents her information. And so you can find that on her website, sacred-ground.com. And you can also sign up for her email newsletters and stuff like that too. But if you love what Janelle has to say and you really connect with her energy, I highly suggest getting a reading from her. I, I don't think you'll be disappointed at all. And especially if you're in partnership, it's another beautiful thing that she offers too. So enjoy the episode. Thank you for joining me for another one. And I will see you on the next one. Okay, Jupiter says go. So here we are. Janelle, welcome to the show, talking to each other home. It's so great to have you with me today. Oh my God, it's such an honor and pleasure to uh, be on this call with you. I just, there, it's just great energy back and forth. So mm. thank you for asking. Mm. Thank you for accepting. And just before we get in, it's really cool to see you in your spot because for a week, that was my spot in there. And I, the, re, the how I met you was so synchronistic and so magical for me. Um, and I just want to just start the podcast off with that. So people know how I met you. 
Um, I was traveling to Florida to visit friends and family for Thanksgiving and our first Airbnb got canceled a week before we were supposed to show up. So I had to go on real quick and book another one. And I found your beautiful space and, um, I walked in there and I was like, okay, something's different. And I saw all of your books. I mean, the Bhagavad Gita and the Upanishads and like these beautiful, all this yoga stuff. And I said, okay, normal people don't just have this stuff laying around. Like I, so I, <laughs> I had to message you and say, who are you? Like, what do you do? Because this is not typical. And this is stuff that I study and that just really has my whole heart and soul right now. I mean, I study the Gita weekly with a teacher. I teach yoga, I meditate. So it was all very much like, I just found my home away from home and I need to find out who is in charge of this place. And so cue Janelle into my life. Here I am. And <laughs> yes, it, it was very synchronicity that, cause I don't, I'm not a big uh, Airbnb person and I'm very particular about who is in my space. Um, and it was just such a, such a blessing to have you and, and have your layer of energy still in my home. So, and welcome back anytime, anytime. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. Um, and I just want to start off with a little bit about who you are and what you do. Um, I, the, what I know is that you teach yoga and meditation in your workshops and you're a Vedic astrologer, which I have endless curiosity and questions about. So I just want to have a little background for people on your yoga and meditation journey and how you ventured into astrology. Um, yeah, that's a good question. Well, the astrology is not a good question. Uh, my dad was actually an astrologer and, um, you know, he would send us all off to bed. And I remember, you know, he had this, he had this compass, uh, like, a, you know, the thing with the two, the, not like a compass that you go North, South, East and West, but the compass. And I still have that, um, in my, in my altar room, but mm -hmm. it's, you know, he would, he would do charts by hand. So he would have to do all the degrees and all the glyphs and, and, you know, the ephemeris and, and I would just, I was fascinated by all the, the glyphs and the houses and the degrees. I had no idea, you know, what it was that he was doing um, other than, you know, he was making these charts for people. And of course he did mine and, and my brother's charts and I would get this chart and I would just be just looking at it and I go, I don't know what the hell I'm looking at, but this is, it just, it just drew me in. Um, and so over the years, I mean, it's not something that I picked up and, and went on with right away. Um, it's, it was sort of like that waxing and waning moon of like, I would come into it, get a little bit of knowledge, wax out of it, you know, wax and waning, you know, wax into it, wane away from it. Um, until finally it just, I was like this, I love this. I mean, cause I've got one of these merc mercurial, mercurial minds, you know, mercury mind that just cannot get enough information. As you can see from, you only saw part of my books that I left out, but yeah. I mean, I've got a whole, yeah, a whole other slew of astrology books and, and, and all kinds of things. And, um, yeah, it just, it, I couldn't, I couldn't, I will never be able to learn all that I need to know in this lifetime about astrology because it's so vast. Mm. I mean, I have a great bit of knowledge now, but I know that there is so much that I do not know. And so my mind will never get tired of it. You know, be like, oh, something new. 
oh, that's cool. Whoa. <laughs> One of those is like, <gasps> or yeah, it's it, sometimes it's like, ooh, I didn't, I don't, I can't unknow that now, you know? <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> I can't unknow that, you know? Um, so that's how I got into astrology. Um, the yoga and meditation uh, was a different story. Um, I had gone through a, a really strange bad relationship and ended up ended up in an ashram it's the Amrit Yoga Institute out in Ocala um, but that's where I ended up through that relationship so I was very grateful for that um, not so much all the things that happened in the relationship but I was grateful for that piece because I had to go through that to get to the ashram mm. and I spent I, a better part of about four to five years about five about five years um, going on and off to different programs and um, uh, that's you know yoga and meditation and I was doing meditation before but nothing nothing like being able to drop into that space you know what I learned from the ashram about my body and, and the uh, physi uh, the physiology it's still mercury retrograde so if I can't get words out we can, we'll have to do this redo it on March 17th um no it's not yeah anyways but it's you know the the amount of things that are stored in the body you know the energy blocks and and the feelings and everything that the that the body holds and it was just that's where I learned who who am I and who am I not supposed to be so it was, it was, a you know, it was painfully beautiful as mm. most journeys are. Um, and we need both of those. We, we need the pain and because we don't know the pain, we, we have no idea what to do with the pleasure. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, I still teach uh, yoga and meditation. I teach um, meditation more so with a unity worldwide i do meditation practices as a, a spiritual enrichment and education class mm. uh, for a lot of our unity ministers that are um, uh, studying to be ministers so it's very rewarding in fact i'm in in a class right now i'm in the middle of teaching one right now not right now but in this minute but in this week so. <laughs> What a treat to be able to add that to a ministry training to add that because it's, would you say it's different than prayer? Um, prayer, uh, prayer gets you to meditation, which is stillness. So they, you know, they, they, they go hand in hand. So, you know, you, you can't just sit down and, and meditate, you know, you have to create the environments you know, unless you've been practicing for a very, very long time, you can just sit down, you know, that space and, and you know where you need to go. But prayer and, and contemplation and all of, you know, those modalities get you to that space of stillness, which is meditation. Mm. So um, I think it's very, it should be, it's definitely needs to be a prerequisite um, for all ministers, um, teachers, I don't know about many other faiths, but I know it's very prevalent in unity uh, churches and some of the new thought churches that prayer and meditation are the foundation. Mm. Because if you don't have that and you don't know how to sit in your own stillness, you're not going to be able to sit 
and stillness with somebody that really, really needs you. Mm. Yeah. And I find that when people are searching spiritually, they're kind of searching for that stillness. They're looking to quiet the mind and have a peaceful heart. And if, if you're the teacher in that space, hopefully you can get there in yourself so you can lead and reflect back to the other person, how to get there and what that feels like. Yes. And through the heart, because I know a lot of uh, modalities teach these so-called techniques, you know, to, or, um, you know, when talking with people um, and trying to help them through, you know, whatever it is that they're trying to work through, but techniques are, they're techniques. Uh, meditation and prayer helps you to get in touch with your own heart and the heart of the other so that they can connect um, and reveal things that, you know, that are happening for that, for that person and to support them in that space, just in, in supporting them in their heart and holding their heart with your heart. Mm. It's sometimes all that they really need, all they really need. Mm. What a beautiful thing to be teaching. I wish I could be in that class actually. (laughs) Um, And so I guess now that we're on the subject of meditation, just for all those out there who have questions about meditation, who are new to it, who know that they need to meditate. It's like something that's been knocking on their door. What would you say to a person who's new and who wants to learn? Where do they start? First thing I would do is set them at ease and, and let them know that they're, you know, there's absolutely nothing that they can do wrong when they sit down into a space of just stillness. You know, they may, they may sit there and they go, well, I'm not, am I sitting right? Am I, you know, am I doing the right things? Who cares? Mm. Um, God, I got all these thoughts. They're going through my head. I, you know, I'm a horrible meditator, but you're not. Everybody's got thoughts. Who cares? Um, You know, the other part is, is that, you know, I sit down and meditate and I, I just, nothing happens. And it's like, well, that's the point. <laughs> Nothing's supposed to happen. You know, well, we're, I'm supposed to get these visions and things like that. No, you're not. You don't have to, you know, all of that stuff, it comes, you know, it may come and it may not come, you know, but the biggest thing is like, is just, just to be still and be aware of your thoughts, you know, let them come in and come out. If they drag you down a rabbit hole, it's okay. You can crawl out of the rabbit hole and go sit back down. Mm -hmm. Um, And the other important part about this is meditation is not necessarily sitting still in a space. Meditation is, and this is my guru states it like this is like meditation is being what you're doing it for which means when you are washing the dishes you just wash dishes you're doing dishes and you're being with the dishes you're not thinking about the to-do list you're not thinking about you know what you've got to do tomorrow or where you got to go or what happened earlier Mm. you're just there you're in that moment when you're concentrating on what you're doing, you know, and if you're not, you're separating the moment and being in another, another place. So you can meditate by doing dishes, walking your dog. That one got me. Um, Playing with your kids. Kids are a great reminder um, of being in the moment, you know? So 
that's meditation. So to say that you can't meditate, I, I disagree. You probably, you know, whoever's watching this, you've probably meditated 16 times today. So it's not a, it's not a structured thing. So release mm -hmm. all that hype about what meditation is and what meditation is not. It's, it's being in each moment. Mm, it's presence. Mm -hmm. I'm so happy you said that. Cause that's how I think about meditation too, is that how I describe it to people as I say, meditation is a practice for the present moment. And so when you sit down and you're training your mind and you're training your focus to be present, even if there's thoughts coming, be present, but don't judge and don't hang on to them. But it's the presence of the breath and following where it's going and maybe what you hear, but it's presence. And then when you're out of meditation, you find that you're more present doing the things. And that's where our, that's where the power and the stuff of life is, is in the moment. But if you're doing dishes and thinking about what you have to do 20 minutes from now, that's not where your power is. Your power isn't 20 minutes from now. It's right here now. Yeah. 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 And and that I love to to touch on that part where you said about, you know, taking it out into the world because that's where you find the benefits of meditation, you know, because practicing being in the moment itself, you know, allows you to go out into the world and be at peace with what's happening in the world, whether somebody cuts you off or you know, somebody yells at you, you can just go, okay, this is, this is what's happening now. I don't have to do anything else, but listen to this guy yell at me, you know? So it, that's very, it, it's so very important, you know, to do the practice so that it helps you in the outside, outside world, so to speak. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I love that. And I, I heard my Vedic teacher say the other day, she said meditation, and this was from the Gita. So it was telling you, you know, you sit this way and they're very structured with the, with the Vedic stuff. But I loved how she said, or the book says that you cross your legs, you cross your arms. So all your action organs are, are, or your action, you know, things are where they need to be. And you close your eyes and you shut down all your senses and you go within. And she was saying that Krishna says it's a state. It can be an activity, but it's a state that you get to. And that state you can also take with you out into the world. Yes, absolutely. Okay. The whole um, sitting up straight, um, and, and that's good to do. I mean, you know, so that you're practicing doing that and being an upright and attentive. It's like being an antenna yeah. to the divine. So, and as you, you know, that's where you start your practice, but again, going out into the world, it's like you, you'll, you'll find you'll go out into the world and you'll just kind of be, you know, I'm upright and I'm attentive without even you, you realizing that, you know, and that's why they, they structure it that way, because there is a particular way, but you don't necessarily have to do that to, to get the benefits. Um, you know, for anybody that's watching, it's, you know, doesn't have to be that rigid unless you are, you are specifically, um, wishing to achieve some kind of, um, spiritual practice. I don't want to say goal because it's not a goal, but if you're wanting to really be rigid about a practice, then yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I respond well to rigid, probably from being an athlete, you know, it's like, where does my body go? Okay. Like I, I like that stuff, but then I also find it when I'm walking outside or just listening to the birds or watching the trees, you know, blow through the wind. And I feel like they're waving at me. I'm so there present with the trees and just with the birds and the little chipmunks. So it's, um, it's really a beautiful thing. And I think it helps us with inner peace and understanding and compassion and responding versus reacting. 
And it gives us that moment of pause and presence. Okay. How do I actually want to respond to this situation? Not just like that emotional punch that sometimes come out when we're not in our bodies and present. Yes, absolutely. So, okay. Meditation is amazing. Um, (laughs) Check. (laughs) And I actually, speaking of the Amrit Yoga Institute, I did jump on one of their meditations and I'm, I'm planning to hopefully get it again this Friday. Um, Amrit Yogi Desai, is that the right? That was beautiful. So thank you for tipping me off to that Institute. It was nice to just drop in with somebody else. And I love anything that comes from the East, you know, anything that looks very Indian to me or feels kind of that way makes me feel excited for the practice. It makes me feel like, okay, these, these people kind of know what's going on. Like they have this ancient depth of lineage that's there. And that's like the mother. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It it just resonates with your entire soul. You're just like, yes, give, yes, more. I want more (laughs) of that is what I want. So I'm glad you got to uh, jump on. Me too. I'm going to try to come as much as I can. And after I figure out where I want to take my meditation training, I did see that they have some yoga ninja stuff and some other meditation stuff. So my next I'm getting trained right now to become a sound practitioner. So to be able to take people on sound journey. So that's kind of my focus. I have this, I mean, shiny things. I'm like, Ooh, 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 Ooh. ooh. So I have to really just be like, Nope, focus, meditate. Remember this. You trained for this So after I'm kind of practicing the sound thing, then I'm going to take it a step further with a a deep meditation teaching. And I'm, I'm looking at Amrit probably for something like that. Yes. Yes. That, that goes along with your Jupiter. You're, you're in a Jupiter Dasha. I've kind of, you know, perused over your, your chart and you're in a Jupiter Dasha. So everything's expansive, uh, you know, just ancient wisdom, um, philosophy, uh, gurus, meditation. It's just, it, that's why you're like that kid, like going, just give me more, give me more, give me more, but we'll, we'll get around to, to doing your chart here soon because it's, uh, yeah, that's a tidbit for you. Thank you. And that's so spot on because I am, I mean, ancient anything and that the course I'm creating, um, is, is all of it. It's all rivers lead to the same ocean. So it's like, I want the native American. I want the India. I want the Buddha. I want Jesus. So it was for me, it's like, I want all of this. Um, so that's in perfect alignment and now, okay. So now the astrology, I'm glad we, we kind of circled back to that. So, um, I want to talk a little bit about the Vedic, the difference between the Vedic astrology and the Western astrology. And I know it's probably huge. And we talked a little bit about what's going on in our own star system, like right now and what we can expect energetically. Um, but before we get into today's stuff or coming forward, I'd like to just talk about Vedic. And I think some people think astrology, they only think of one way of doing it. So I'm excited to enlighten people to the other side of astrology. There's actually quite a few different ways to do it because there's, um, uh, there's Greek astrology and there's Egyptian astrology and there's, there's so many, um, but they, one of the differences between the Eastern astrology and the Western astrology is uh, an Ayanamsha, which means they're how they calculate it. So um, Vedic astrology uses the sidereal um, calculations, Ayanamsha calculations, and um, Western uses the tropical. So the best way that I could describe it is um, the tropical uses the the zodiac, the signs, the, you know, there are traditional 12 zodiac signs on the belt. They use those and those are fixed. Those are, they don't move, they don't do anything. They're, ju- they're just fixed. And then the sidereal um, 
calculations, they use the the backdrop, the the stars behind the zodiac system, which are called called the nakshatras, um, and those are the twenty seven moon mansions, um, you know, behind the zodiac. And so the best way that I've I've learned it that it's been explained to me is that roughly like 2000 years ago, the, the systems were aligned. And as we had the um, progression of the equinoxes and the solstices, the earth tends to, to wobble a little bit. And so as time has gone by, these two systems have, have split and they're now about 27, 24 to 27 degrees apart. So me being um, a Western astrology uh, Scorpio, I am an Eastern philosophy or Eastern Vedic astrology Libra, which resonates more with me. So, you know, and, you know, if you've ever, if you ever get one of those star apps, you know, where you can look up in the sky and you, you know, and somebody says, Hey, the, uh, you know, the moon's in, in cancer. And you, and if you look through that, that little app and you can clearly see that the moon is actually in Gemini. And so that's, you know, there's, not saying that Western astrology doesn't have some validity. It so completely and truly does um, for us, you know, on the earth plane. Um, but the backdrop of the, um, of the sidereal system and, and the nakshatras and everything is like, I mean, I'm seeing this with my own two eyes. It's like, you know, the moon is in Gemini. It, it, how can it be in cancer if it's in Gemini, you know, and it's, you know, it just, that's, that's my truth and that's what I resonate with. But between the two systems, um, again, 27, seven degrees. Now they will at some point converge back again oh. to, you know, being aligned. So it's like, I, don't, I can't really explain it. I don't know. It's just mind boggling to try to even wrap my head around how it's going to, you know, come back around that. Those are details that I'm not privy to at this moment. <laughs> but I do know that, you know, I've read that they will converge again. They've, you know, they've separated before and they've converged and separated and converged mm -hmm. is what I understand and what I've read. So, but the, you know, I always kind of look at it as, and this is even before my studies, um, is that the Eastern philosophy is like, this is like the soul. And I'm sure there's going to be some people that disagree, you know, as with anything, because there's 7.9 billion people on the earth and we don't always, you know, agree on everything. And I'm not always right. And I know that. Um, but I, I kind of see it as the Eastern philosophy is our soul mm -hmm. and the Western philosophy um, or Western charts are, are like our ego. This is us on earth and this is our soul. And again, they're both very important because that's part of who we are. You know, we are a soul or a body, but we also have this ego because, you know, the ego is not always bad. Yeah. You know, it's not a, it's not a bad thing. Um, because more than likely your ego <laughs> got you to where your soul needed you to be. Yep. <laughs> so. I'm so happy you said that about the ego yeah. and the soul. Um, what I've learned before, when I first started learning about spirituality, I thought the ego has no place. It needs to be dissolved. Like whatever we need to do, we need to rise above the ego and whatever, and now I really don't see it that way at all. In fact, I see the ego as kind of um, the bait 
for our soul's work and our soul's mission. So maybe yeah, there's a way that we can use beautiful. our, thank you. And, you know, and becoming in that, I was a bodybuilder. So everything was very external ego based. And so that's why I got away from it. But then I was starting to speak about the universe and about synchronicity. And after I got out of bodybuilding, I was like, oh, that was carrying my soul's mission. And so now it's starting to come back together where I'm understanding, okay, so it's good to work out and have a nice physique. It doesn't have to be all superficial, but maybe there's a way that this ego, this personality of Danny can carry a bigger message forward. Um, so that's how I understand the ego now. And it doesn't need to be driving the ship. It could be in the back seat. The soul can be driving and we can use the ego for our mission here. Um, but I don't think it needs to be dissolved anymore. So I'm glad that you mentioned that as well. That lets me know I'm on the right track. <laughs> yeah, we all are. We're on some track and it's going to get us to exactly where we need to be. So. <laughs> and I also love that you, you know, the two, um, you know, coming apart and converging. Do you think that has anything to do? And I'm just guessing here. Do you think this, that has anything to do with our evolution and the way that we integrate our soul into our life again, instead of maybe like, I don't know what I'm trying to say, but maybe right now we're away where our soul and our ego are two separate things, but maybe when the stars align back with the Western and Eastern, maybe we're living more as our, our, as our true being. I don't know. Um, certainly something to, to possibly explore. Um, And, and what's coming to mind is, you know, because there's, there's individuals that are already converging. So, mm. um, and, and time doesn't, it, it, we have linear time, but time is, everything is happening simultaneously, past, present, future, and all the worlds. Mm. So, you know, I think, yeah, I don't know about that one. I'm not, you know what? I'm not even going to try to make anything up on that one. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, all I, you know, because all I can know is that everything past, present, and future is happening, happening simultaneously. Like anything that you heal today heals something from a different lifetime. Anything mm -hmm. you do today is affecting another lifetime. So, you know, is there a predestined convergence back? Yeah, I don't, I don't know. That's, that's a good question. That's a good question. That just popped in as we were talking about it, but I'm really curious about the time thing. So I've heard that before, um, like that everything is happening simultaneously, the past, the present, the future. And it's a little, I'm understanding it now more than I ever have, but it's still a, a little bit of a hard concept for me to totally wrap my head around uh -huh. and feel. Yeah. So if you don't mind expanding on that. Um, you know, I, I'm going to bring up, uh, uh, the onion again, because, uh, and I think this came from Guru Dev, but I, I might have heard it from him or I heard it, um, with an apple, but if you bruise an apple or if you bruise an onion, the bruise goes all the way through. Mm. So just like the onion or the apple time happening happening simultaneously you know it's like the parallel universes and I, I'm not sure my head wraps around this I know it exists but I don't know how it exists you know my mind wants to wrap around it but it's one of those things that I go 
I believe it. I just don't understand it because those are, those are massive workings, you know, beyond uh, my human mind capacity to understand how they exactly work. But I do, I, I do believe fully and wholeheartedly that everything is happening simultaneously, past, present, future, because they all, and they all affect one another. Like your past affects your present, especially when you're doing dishes and you're thinking about, you know, the morning. So there's, and that's just a small, you know, example of that, but what you're thinking about today is, or how you react and things like that are pre-programmed responses from the past that have been stored in your mind and body and soul. And they could be from other lifetimes. But again, when we heal something in each moment, it goes all the way through. You, you, you know, when you cut out that the portion of the apple or the onion, when you, when you cut it, you have to go all the way through the whole core. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's, it's fascinating. So is the layers that you're speaking of also the multidimensionality of, of us as a human? Cause that's also something that intellectually I'm beginning to believe and understand, but it's, to- it's hard for me to totally wrap my head around, um, is the multidimensionality ex- aspect of who we are. And I understand we have like a causal body where all, where all our karmas lie and, you know, we have our past and our, and things like that. So where does karma, I guess, in multi-dimensions fit into this stuff that you're talking about? Saturn came up. Um, where karma comes up is, you know, as I, I mentioned earlier, life is um, how I like to understand it is like I'm thinking about this big grand clock that's got all of these cogwheels. And, you know, one's moving slower, one's moving, you know, another one's kind of moving. And those are, those are kind of like all the planets, how they, how they revolve around the earth, so mm-hmm. to speak. But karma, you know, there for karma to ripen, it has to have an exact time and space and condition to happen i'm not even sure i think i forgot what question you asked me but (laughs) that's okay we can go into karma let's just because i'm curious about karma too so oh the multi-dimensional body that's where we were yeah Um, yeah yeah so and how karma happens but yeah that's that's it's i i just visualize it as you know clocks and it it clicks on this as okay this is you know this is the time for karma you know them to this is an exact right moment for them to um, fulfill their karmic duty or, you know, fulfill their karma. And karma is, since we're going on that, there it's not just bad karma. There's good karma too. You know, there's good deeds and there's bad deeds. So um, it's not, it's not all bad, but again, there's, there's points in time that life is ripe for you and all the stars have aligned and all the cogwheels have clicked and okay, it's time. They're, they're going to, they're going to, this gift is for them or this, this ungift, well, they call it a curse. No, let's not call it a curse. It's not a curse. This is time for you to pay back. This is, you know, and it could be again from many lifetimes ago or ahead. That's what I was just going to say next is the ability for karma to come with us in this life too. good karma and bad karma, but it's like all in our 
our causal body, I guess, in our soul. And we come here, yes, we're in a new vehicle, but our karmas and our lessons and all of that stuff stays with us. And there'll be a ripening for, you know, the karma to come. Yeah. And, and you, and we, as individuals, before we're born, we choose that we choose which karmas we are going to, um, uh, pay back before we're born. Mm. So we, we create this whole, you know, whole map, you know, we look at where the stars and the planets and everything, um, and uh, I'll go into it. So Vishwa Karma is the celestial architect of, you know, of everything. He knows how everything fashions together in the entire universe, you know? And so you're like this little architect of your, you know, looking at each and every planet and how, what time you're going to be born and, you know, who your parents are going to be and, and all the karmas that you're going to experience, you have, you have choice in all of that. Mm, yeah. Choice. And, you know, some people go, why is this happening? Was it because you chose it? No, I didn't. <laughs> you know, okay. No, you didn't. Yes, you did. Yes, you did. But you did. <laughs> so just, you know, do do you be responsible which saturn loves be responsible and take care of you know um it, it's time for you to take care of that mm. so what's coming up for me now is soul contracts is that kind of in the same vein as that have you heard of soul contracts i've heard of soul contracts um i'm not i haven't done a, a whole lot of work um or studies around soul contracts. Well, maybe it's been quite a few years. I do believe that souls travel in packs. Yeah. And I do, you know, that I, I firmly believe I, you know, and I believe that, you know, the people that are closest, like you and I, yeah, there's a past life connection for sure. Um, I do believe those, whether they're contracts or um, what's, what's the name? I'm sorry. What is the name of your show again? Love, loving each other home. Uh, talking talking each other home talking each other home okay um that you know we're here to help each other go home yeah and so through all of lifetimes you know um because and anytime you get two people together they're uh they're bound to create something they're bound to either create a good karma or a bad karma or a good connection or a bad connection and so that ties them together and, and that will have to be cleaned up at some point. Um, now, whether I also do know that um, because the universe is so vast and in the way that it works things, although I'm not so sure, like, you know, that whole thing about um, it, you'll get um you'll get your, it's sort of like, you'll get the apology, but you won't get it from the person that actually needed to apologize. Does that make it, can you help me out with that? Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Like it will come to you in some way, but it may not be from the person who you want it to be from. Or the person that actually caused it. Yeah. 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 Something, you know, something along that lines. So, um, yeah, I just went down a rabbit hole. <laughs> <laughs> I do. I was like, wait a minute, which rabbit hole was I down again? Um, yeah. So the soul contracts. Mm. 
yeah, I just, I lost that thought. No, that's okay. (laughs) (laughs) It's something that, but I, it's, it's very much similar to like, oh, you, you chose to be here. Like you chose, you know, this pack of souls, you chose to live out these karmas. You chose to be the mother this time or the daughter this time, like this, you made this contract before you came into this life and you chose to go through these hardships so that you can evolve. So it's, It's always a game of evolution. And if you look at all of it like that, that learning about soul contracts helped me with that, helped me see why the dark night needed to happen, why certain things in my life didn't work out is because it's it's all, it's, it's an evolution game is why we're here. And so we make a contract so that we can live out things that bring us closer to our evolution. Um, And so that's, I don't know that much about soul contracts, but what I do know is we chose this, everything, we the people, the things, the everything, we chose it. Um, we yeah, we, we created the whole, the whole map, the whole map. Yep. So, the, and, and with that, with that, in that vein, it's like, if that is, if we can believe that that is true, if we can believe that that is true, then we can release the idea of being mad about things or revenge or retribution or, you know, or something is owed to me feels like peace like a little bit of peace and a little less victimhood yes that Mm -hmm. that's a beautiful way to put that beautiful yeah um so astrology stuff you've already dropped some cool nuggets for me about i'm a i'm in a jupiter energy right now and even before we got on the call you were talking about mercury Mm -hmm. retrograde saturn changing signs and like different things that that happened so i just want to give people I guess a, a little like what's going on in our star system right now. What maybe why have we been feeling the way we've been feeling for the last couple months or just to see? Well, um, the last couple of months since about October 30th, Mars has been retrograde. So Mars is, I just did a video of this and it'll post um, tonight on my page, but you know, Mars is the, you know, you remember that planet fit, fitness commercial where it's like, I pick things up and I put them down. I yeah. do yeah. <laughs> very well as a, bodybuilder, I, yeah. Yeah. as a bodybuilder. I'm sure you do, but that's, that's kind of Mars. Like I pick things up and I do things with them and then I put them back down. Mm. Anyways, um, Mars is, is the action of you. It's how you express in the world. Um, he's responsible for your action, your um, reactions, um, you know, uh, your sexual energy, um, uh, how you just how you go about in the manner of getting things done in the outside world. That is your Mars. And so he has been retrograde since October 30th. And when he's retrograde, it kind of takes Mars from the battlefield of action to the barracks. And so wherever he is in your chart, he is, you know, there's probably been an area in your life that you're going, I just can't get Jack done. I, I can't get anything done. Like I'm trying, I'm trying to get that square peg in the circle hole and it's not going, you know, that's, that's kind of like just surrender, just mm. kind of sit back. But Mars has been retrograde and he goes direct tomorrow. Yes. So, and when he goes direct, um, he goes direct in Taurus. So, and again, this is using the sidereal Anamcha um, calculations. And when he goes direct, he's going in direct in Taurus. And usually he's disadvantaged in Taurus, like, because Taurus is all about, 
you know, uh, finances, materialisms, luxuries, uh, creativity, you know, all the things that Mars could give two hoots about. He doesn't, he doesn't care about any of that stuff, but he is going direct in the degrees of, um, between 13 and 16.4, which in Vedic astrology is a Pushkara degrees. And I got it wrong in my video, Vargatama. Uh, I always, I need some, some help with my, my Sanskrit words, but in that those degrees, no planet is debilitated or disadvantaged. So Mars is going direct into that. So he's, you know, you're going to have a little bit more energy. Maybe you felt it like that. I know that I felt it last couple of days. I've had a little bit more energy to get some stuff done. Um, and that's the energy of Mars finally turning direct, um, mm -hmm. or, you know, making his way to go direct. So, um, that'll that'll that kind of energy will be available for the next couple of weeks but as he gets out of those degrees and more to taurus he's going to be still trying to get stuff done but he's not really going to you know it's it, it needs to be a little bit more disciplined so the the energy of the best use energy best use of the energy for mars mars energy is slow deliberate action you know, dependability, the things of Taurus that are, are good for Mars, which is dependability, strength, um, structure, those things are good for Mars. And that's what you really want to do is you, you want to pay attention to, you know, how much you're doing um, and not trying to get it. You don't have to get it all done in one day. Mm. You know, um, Mars controls the muscles. He controls the digestion. So if you've been having digestion issues in the past couple of months, which that was part of my fast at the beginning of the year, yeah. my, my involuntarily, involuntarily uh, fast. Um, and he controls the all important adrenal glands of the body. So the adrenal glands, they um, secrete hormones. And so if you're Adrenal glands are taxed, which is caused by stress, doing too much, being out of the moment, then um, it can throw, you know, it'll trigger those fight and flight responses. And then it will also secrete hormones to um, that are either more or less than what you need. And one hormone out of whack throws the entire body into shock. Yeah. So as you're going forward, you know, just... Yep, you got the energy, but you don't need to spend it all in one day. Use that energy to continue to build on mm. more and more. Sort of like, you know, bodybuilders, you know, we, you wouldn't start out 100 pounds, would you? No. No, you start out lower weight to make your way up to 100 pounds. So mm. keep that in mind as you're moving through um, with that. The other big news, Mercury's turning direct. I don't recall. It's within the next week or so. Right before the, the new moon, the 22nd is the new moon and the new lunar year, which is really the, the new year. Um, and then Saturn turns direct on the 17th. Yeah, I think it's the 17th. Is it the 17th? Yep, yeah, 17th. Okay. <laughs> um, and Saturn changes signs. So that that's going to be huge. Um, that's that's going to shift some things for January Um Saturn is going into Aquarius, which is uh, the sign of humanity, um, the community, uh, it, the whole entire world. So something, something is going to shift. I don't know what it is, but I do know that Saturn is strong. 
he's exalted and he's on a mission. Mm. So, um, don't know what it's going to be. Just, uh, oh, hang on. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I want to say, hang on. Or, you know, what was that, that quote buckle up boys and, or buckle up girls is going to be a bumpy ride. Was that James <laughs> Mansfield or something like that from that movie a long time ago? Buckle up. Buckle up. That's exciting. It, Cause yeah. it feels like it's going to be. So for me, when I'm, you know, it's interesting that October 30th is when, um, which one was the first one? Mars. I went, I came back from Arizona on like the 29th. And since then on October 29th, and since then November and December, I have not been able to work. Like we were traveling, we were doing this. I was everywhere and I couldn't get anything done. And I'm like, after a month of me, just like being frustrated, you know, and just kind of like, I had to really just surrender. Like I surrendered for November when I was in Florida, visiting everybody. And then I came back in December and tried again. Okay, I'm home. I'm back in my space. Let me just try this one more time. And nope, every weekend I had something to do. I was, it just wasn't happening. And and now it's January 11th. Since maybe a couple of days ago, just like you said, I've been like, all right, this course is going to be this and this and this. And I'm starting to see it all. Finally, I'm talking to the people that are going to be guest speaking on it, like yourself. And just, it's starting the podcast. I've been recording a couple of things now. So, um, I definitely feel the shift and it's really cool to even look back on what you just said and, and correlate it with my own personal life. Um, and like I was telling you before we started recording, even that discipline is going to be nice going forward. Um, and my course is launching. And for me, that's my tribe. That's my community. That's where I find myself for the next six, seven months is like really immersed in them. So it's kind of exciting to hear what's going to be happening because what I have coming up soon is, is that. So thank you for yeah, that. That's great. Yeah. Cause you know, it, and everybody, <clears throat> you know, Saturn is, you know, the, the dispenser of karma, but it, you know, there's also structures and limitations and, you know, um, things that we need, you know, if we can embrace the, the lessons and, and the things that Saturn is trying to teach us, mm. you know, then everything will just start to, to be a little bit smoother. You know, we can't just forge ahead and, and going our own way. There are there are laws, cosmic laws in place of how things are supposed to progress and evolve. And so if we can, again, grasp the lessons and the beauty of Lord Saturn. Mm-hmm. I mean, it just, it, it, it smooths the path. Just, you know, just surrender. This is what's happening. And, and we're like, okay, this is what we're doing. Mm-hmm. And, and just be okay with what's happening. I really like the word surrender and I love that you call him Lord Saturn because it's almost like Kali. You know how when you see a goddess who's looks scary and has big lessons for you and can eat your karma and can kind of look like destruction in a way, but when you worship her and and you see her in a different light and maybe she looks scary, but she can come and help you with your habits and help you transform stuff. That's the same energy I'm kind of feeling with the way you talk about Saturn. It's like, it's Lord Saturn. He's here. Yes. It might be a tough lesson or a tough karma, but it's here for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's doing it on your behalf. So I, I just want to reflect that and appreciate that too. Absolutely. Yes. And mock, mock Holly. You know who I'm in love with right now, speaking of deities? Yes. Hanuman. 
Oh, yeah. And there's another reason why you really love some Hanuman. Oh, I love some Hanuman. There's oh, there's another another reason why I love him. The chart because uh, your is your son. Yeah, I think yeah, your son is in a um, a nakshatra called uh, Purnavasu, and we just had. Um, I'm not sure how the the full moon, um, what goodness uh, came through for you for for the full moon, but uh, Purnavasu is the nakshatra for um, that was the the full moon. And that um, Hanuman, Hanuman's not the deity, but he's connected to Rama. And um, Ram, his moon, his sun, it's either his sun or his moon. My apologies that I can't recall that right at this moment, but is in Purnavasu. And so you have a, you have a deep connection uh, because of that lineage um, mm. of Hanuman. Mm. So I think your Jupiter, your Jupiter, and actually I think it's your Jupiter, your Venus, and your Sun, are all in front of the Sun, and Mother of Deity, which is That's... the Mother of the Universe of Infinity, Limitless, Boundless, Timeless, Mother of the Gods. Wow, that's incredible. So, so Hanuman, I've been chanting to him. Do you, did you ever do any bhakti or kirtan or anything like that? I've just started kind of getting into that and I've been chanting to Hanuman and really, and I, that's what I, in my spare time, when I'm driving in my Jeep, I'm always listening to chanting or something. That's just what I like to listen to. I really don't ever have the radio on nothing there interests me. Like, I'm sorry, Taylor Swift fans, but I just don't care I, at all. <laughs> No, not That's even. Perfect. Um, so I'm listening to Isn't you that know, her song. I what? Oh, to the song. I just don't care. Oh. I don't okay. know. <laughs> Probably. I remember it was "Shake It Off" was one of them. Oh, um, yeah, that so I've been chanting to Hanuman and not just hearing the words and listening, but really building a relationship with him and his service and his courage and the discipline and the devotion that he had to the unit to Rama and Sita. And, you know, my friend who owns the yoga studio dropped some pictures off at my house the other day. And there were three pictures and she's like, Danny, I don't know what to do with these. They look like Hindu gods to me. And I have no idea what they are. And she was trained in Bikram. So she, her knowledge of like the yoga lineage, she doesn't really know that yet. Mm -hmm. um, and so there were three pictures. Lakshmi is right here near my desk. She's like pouring mm -hmm. coins on my desk. Lakshmi, Ganesha. Mm. and Hanuman ah. they showed up at my doorstep as gifts and wow. now in the morning after my meditation I play their chants and I have these little romantic um stories that go on in my head when I listen like I'm sitting on Ganesha's head and he's walking through the forest clearing the path for me and Lakshmi I'm I'm sitting meditating under her coins and she's pouring abundance and Hanuman was so special. I was in, and I'm, thank you for giving me the space to tell you because I don't get to tell many people who I'm saying Hanuman, they're like, what are you talking about? Um, so it's exciting for me to get to tell somebody who understands. Um, but I was in the jungle and he comes, he's walking towards me and then he jumps up super high. And, <laughs> and like, I was like, whoa, Hanuman, where are you going? And then he lands behind me and comes up and is holding my hand and we're walking together. And it's almost like he's walking with me with strength and we get to the end of this clearing 
and he sits down to meditate and first puts me on his shoulder. I climb up his tail and I'm on his shoulder. And then his tail comes and lifts my hips just a little bit to help me meditate. Um, and then I'm sitting in his hand. So he's in a little mudra here and I'm in his hands meditating. And at the end, when they're saying, um, uh, you know, the end of the chant, they're saying, no, I can't think of it. Um, Sita Ram, Sita Ram. And they're going back and forth. He put me in his heart and I'm sitting in between Sita and Ram on a branch. And so uh, thank you for listening. I'm, I'm really just in love with it right now. And so that's, what's been going on for me with the deities and Hanuman, especially is my, he's my boy. Oh, wow. That's amazing. <laughs> you can tell me that all day. Thank you. it's like it's like I've been waiting for ears who understand what I'm saying that I can tell that story to because it was I was weeping I mean just my dogs came over to me and they were like like are you okay because I was really just had this whole and now I was like oh oh bhakti oh kirtan oh oh so thank you for listening anytime, anytime. my moon happens to be in front of a zoo Oh, okay. So we're connected there. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's a, it's a good connection. It's a good connection, but and we knew that already without even looking at, at charts or anything. It was just, yeah. And so. part of a Sioux, that was, that was what again, was that the mother of the. It's a deity. Mother of deity. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And uh, Ra uh, Ram had, again, I think it's either, I think it's his moon that is in his moon and ascendant was in Purnavasu. Mm, okay. I'm going to have to do a little searching on. on yeah, I can, uh, I can send you, I can send you something for that. So, but we need to sit down and do your chart. Yeah. I still need the exact birth time. To, you know, just... Yeah. I got to ask mom again. She'll, she'll get it to me. And you also do readings for couples, right? I've been telling, I've been dropping seeds to some of my friends. Didn't you say you do relationship readings or do, something like I that? I do do relationship readings. And I, um, we actually, me and my, or my mentor just launched a, um, a website. It's called Love Star Dating. Um, and that has, uh, he's been working on that for a while. But one of the things that makes that unique is, you know, people that are on a spiritual path looking for love. Um, it's a, a different site to go to. And then it's got healers. It's got a healers page where, you know, there's probably about seven of us, you know, we either do readings or we do dowsing. Um, uh, there's another past life regression, things of that nature, all the things that would support those on a journey to find love, because there's, there's impediments to love in a chart. There's things in the chart that just make it so difficult. And, you know, depending on your, your upbringing and things like that, there's things in your chart that uh, just hold back your natural expression of love for another. Mm -hmm. And it's really fascinating to, to get two charts together and to see how the energies are actually affecting each other um, for good or bad. Um, and, uh, so it's it's pretty exciting to to watch that that web the uh, love star dating um, come to fruition for Michael. He's been working on it so diligently, and it, again, it's just launched launched it. There's not a whole lot of members right now because we didn't want to load it up with a bunch of bogus members and go, you know, things like that. So it's small. So you know, if we're if you're looking for a spiritual connection, 
um, or a love interest of some sort, or even some kind of healing, you can go there to Love Star Dating or to uh, my page because yes, I do. I do a relationship astrology. It's fascinating. I mean, when I look back on relationships that I I've had, I can just clearly see, and I, you know, I, I've got their charts too, and I look at their charts and I go, man, if I'd been doing doing astrology before I dated them, I wouldn't have dated them. And that relationships really are the, were the catalyst for me to deepen my studies, mm. to really dive in and look at my own, my own stuff, because I had things in my chart, like I have um, a Neptune in my fourth house, which is, it can be a spiritual, it's a, it's a, you know, spirituality in, in the home, but it can also be deceptive and illusionary. So like I had these partners that I couldn't even see, you know, what was happening in front of my own two eyes, because I'm just like, yeah, rose colored glasses, you know, beer goggles, whatever you want to call them, they were on. But, you know, once I started to see my own patterns, I was like, oh. and then I looked at their charts and I go, oh, I never, you know, again, that's that ego thing. It took me down a path that I needed to go. Otherwise I wouldn't have gone. Yes. So it ended up being kind of a good thing. Oh yeah, it did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Relationship astrology is absolutely fascinating. Mm. Watch I energy would, dance together. I would love to get, do one with um, my husband and I and you just to see, cause he's an Aquarius and I'm a cancer by Western. So usually I, as I understand it there, that's a hard mixture. I don't mm, know for sure. I have to look at the chart. Okay. And just to, let's clarify that whole, you know, Aquarius and Cancer, th those are sun signs, you know, and that's yeah. really, that's like, that's basic. That's, that's like elementary. There are so many things in the chart, um, you know, your moon sign, your, your Venus sign, you know, all of the, you know, just to say, I'm not going to date that person because they're an Aquarius and I'm, I'm a Cancer um again it's it's no, no. it's it's superficial yeah so, so much there is so much more especially when you start adding the nakshatras in and the nakshatra uh the nakshatra yonis uh which is you know the the creations you know what you're creating with your own sexual mm -hmm. energy and your whole being it's it's causative wow. so it's yeah, you can't just go on the sun sign. You can't just go on the yoni. It's a whole complete picture of what you desire and mm. what that other person is offering. Mm. So, and vice versa, you know, what they're looking for and what you're offering. Right. So that Aquarius apparently is very good for you. Yes, he is. We really do. It, it, it melds really well. That's why I never quite understood it. I mean, there were times, but I think that's every, every relationship oh, yeah. where you, it, you have to work through that, but it's always a reflection of you. So really you're just working through yourself anyway. Um, and then, but when we work together as a team, it's like a beautiful creation that kind of just explodes, which is really nice. And has helped me a lot with my bodybuilding and growing a following and things like that was the, when it did the best was when him and I were in co-creation together. Ah, uh, yeah. So, and you know, when I, hear about this. There's so many people and so many couples. I'm like, Oh my gosh, they need to meet with Janelle. Oh my gosh. They need to get their couples ready. And I even told my mom about you and my sister about you, even to just get their own personal reading, because I just really, 
I love and believe in astrology. And I think that it can be so helpful in telling us about our path and where we've been and where we're going and where we're at right now. And just give us a picture and maybe a little bit of peace um, and something to maybe even look forward to. Yes, it, I, I agree with you very much. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's just nice, you know, and it's not going it, to, it, it reveals itself over time. You know, it, you've got the chart, but there's things that, you know, like the, the karmic the dispenser, you know, there's things in, in this particular period of your life that, that will, you know, come to fruition and there's other periods and those are called dashas. And so each planet um, rules a certain period of your life. And then there's other dashas. I mean, you could, you can pinpoint, there are amazing astrologers that can just pinpoint down to the T of what will happen on what day. And it's like, I'm not there yet, but, um, it's, it's like I said, in the beginning of the video, it's just vast, um, on what you can actually see, um, about yourself. And that's the most important part. It's, it's a mirror. And then of course we get into relationships or we get with other people and, you know, those are mirrors as well. Mm, Yes. That's the second time that came up today was the mirrors. I was talking to somebody earlier and she's like, I love community because I'm up just around a bunch of mirrors. Yep. And so there's something in that. That's really, I love, I love, oh, and I'm listening to Ram Dass's um, polishing the mirror right now, which is phenomenal. Hmm. Yeah. All right. So what's up with the mirrors, Danny? I know I need to mirror, mirror, mirror on the wall. Yeah. <laughs> Tell me what I need to know. <laughs> Still listen. Hmm. It's always that is always the answer hmm. first, so the that the answer can come through. Be still and listen. Yeah. Well, I could talk to you for probably ten more hours um, because right. I'm just so <laughs> curious. And but I know we're kind of close to time here, so. Um, is there, is there anything else that you came up during our talk that you maybe want to say or get off your heart? (sighs) Love, love, love one another. Love that. And, um, my last question is. The podcast is called Talking Each Other Home. And so what is home to you? Home is this. Mm -hmm. Connection. Um, Understanding. Mm -hmm. Love above everything. But connection, connection is home. And, you know, we went, we we all went through, you know, the pandemic and everything and, and, a sense got separated, but connected, um, with ourselves a little bit more. Um, but home is all about connecting on a deep level with, with each soul, you know, from where they're at and not where you want them to be. Yeah. So connection, connection feels like home, no matter where you're at, you can always find connection. You love that answer so much it also reminds me of connection with the divine mm-hmm. well when you uh, when and that's 
when we are connected that is divine that's the divine love energy that's 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 what we're talking about that's what we're talking about mm. that's all that matters really everything else will fall into place everything else will fall into place. thank you those are so beautiful and why i love podcasting because it just makes me light up and it's so juicy and so good. And I'm just like, Oh yes. I, I, my body just doesn't even know what to do when I hear stuff like divine love and connection in that is home. So, um, thank you for that answer. And thank you for your time. And where can people find you if they want a reading or want to get a little bit more of your, um, what you write your blogs, where can they find you? Um, they can go to www.sacred-ground.com. Make sure you put the hyphen in there. Otherwise I think it'll take you to a coffee shop which is a cool name for a coffee shop, you know, sacred ground. Um, but make sure you put the hyphen in there and uh, my website, my offering, my blog, sign up for um, the uh, story and stars, stories and stars newsletter. And um, I'll send out two newsletters a month because again, I like to respect your time and your privacy and um, I won't inundate your email with a bunch of crap. Um, but there's that. And then there's also um, my website is on off of Wix and they actually have a dedicated app that is called Spaces, which is really cool because um, for lack of a better word, it's social media, it's social media without the bullshit. Mm. So you get to pull, you get to pick your communities um, that you want to engage with. And then um, like for, for mine, for instance, I do more blogs than just my two newsletters. But again, like I said, I don't want to, I don't want to mess. I don't, I just don't want to, I don't want to be one of those people that sends out a bunch of emails, yeah. you know? Um, but there are blogs that it'll send you a notification that, Hey, Janelle wrote a new blog and you get the opportunity to whether if you want to read it or not, it's your choice. So I kind of like that. It's like, I love giving people the choice whether they want to read it or not. But if you sign up, I will send you two emails a month, possibly three once or twice once a year or maybe once every two years because sometimes there's another moon full moon or new moon in a month so mm. that's my disclaimer okay and <laughs> did you say you had a facebook page or community is that where people can also find your stuff as well where you post yes. videos uh yes I, I am on facebook and i've told i've told you a million times and i'm, I'm gonna put this on live i don't get instagram <laughs> and i don't know if it's because i'm over 50 i don't know <laughs> I just, I don't get it. It's, I can't navigate it. Um, and so I'm probably going to, to my 11 followers on Instagram, I am probably going to just keep it stupid, simple and stay on Instagram um, and maybe do something with the spaces app. Cause like I said, it's, it's um, social media without the bullshit. Yeah. Um, so yeah, but my, I'm on, I'm on sacred ground. I don't think there's no hyphen. Cause I got it, I got it like six, seven years ago. Nice. Yeah. So yeah, it's been a slow progression. I, again, I, I like to do things slow, steady, not about the, the destination. It's about the journey all along the way. Mm, so. Yes, it is. And I'll make sure I put those links um, in the show notes too, just so people can want to find you and on your website, that's where they can find out more about readings and how to connect with you in that way too. Okay, good. I just want to make sure. Cause I'll be signing up. <laughs> like, where do I need to go? Because I need to get my reading. <laughs> okay. 
Well, um, I just want to say thank you so much for sharing your time and your wisdom and your energy with me. This has been so lovely. It has been. I've enjoyed it so much. It's mm-hmm. been a lot of fun. And I love connecting with you. Like I said, we we just hit it off, um, you know, basically from the, the moment you booked. So, um, and for a divine purpose, I am so sure. Yes, me too. Me too. So thank you all my gratitude and blessings. And I hope you have a wonderful night and the rest of your calls and days and readings. And we'll be in touch super soon um, about more co-creation. And everybody who's listening and watching, thank you so much for your time and energy. As always, it's so appreciated. Um, Happy New Year. Happy New Moon. All that good stuff. Happy Real Real New Year on the 22nd coming up. Peace. Peace.